one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Sandra Winka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with the Telegraph on Women's Finals Day. It has been and gone, and we are here to look back at it. Myself, David Law from BBC Radio 5 Live, joined, of course, by the Telegraph's Simon Briggs, tennis correspondent extraordinaire. Catherine Whitaker will be along shortly. But Simon, that was a really good final, first things first. It was terrific, yeah. I think um, Serena played at her best. Kerber played at her best and couldn't really lay a finger on her but made it match competitive so it was 81 minutes but I don't think anyone would be suggesting that uh, they wanted their money back after that because it was was really top entertainment in fact I think the men's final will have its work cut out to to live up to that tomorrow Yeah, no, it's a a fair point isn't it but what I did notice at the same time as it was excellent entertainment and highly competitive I think at one stage towards the end of that second set I, I tweeted that this, this is a contender potentially for match of the year if it carries on. Suddenly, two games later, four massive serves, it's over. And that was Serena at her best. Yeah, there was no particular sort of dramatic narrative, but it was just very, very good quality. And because it, Kerber held a lot of service games, it meant that it wasn't, um, you know, it, it wasn't a walkover by any means. It's just that uh, I, I thought a couple of times that she had Serena looking anxious. Um, there was a couple of forehands in the first set just, just dumped in the net. I thought maybe she's going to wake those uh, demons. We're going to bring back the memories of the three Grand Slams since her last win here last year. Um, but I guess Serena was just feeling so good that she managed to keep the lid on all that and never really um, got behind in any of the sets. I mean, I think Kerber was serving first and second set, wasn't she? Um, but um, she was never never in trouble really and, and, and yeah, the, if there was a moment that you do remember from the match it would be Kerber getting break point and then seeing first uh, the, the ace out wide and holding out her hands and, and looking at her box in frustration and then um, the next point ace down the middle 124 miles an hour fastest serve of the tournament uh, the best serve of the tournament it was just uh, an absolute rocket All the way through the tournament it has felt like this is a different Serena Williams. We, we, we touched on it yesterday. Just in terms of her demeanour, it, it hasn't seemed as though there were any doubts there whatsoever. She, she seemed like the Serena Williams that was here probably a year ago rather than the one that was clearly weighed down 
at the US Open and, and to a, maybe a lesser extent at the other two Grand Slam tournaments this year. But this was Serena shorn of all that, it seemed to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the questions that it raises is, is not so much how did Serena win Wimbledon, but how does she not win the last three Grand Slams when you see that when she is on, she still is a class too good for the competition. I don't know if Muguruza could possibly have lived with her today at her very best, but I doubt it. I don't think anyone ever could have play, played and beaten Serena today. I mean, that was absolutely a defining um, performance, uh, an epoch-making performance, really. I mean, I guess we won't remember it as an amazing final because it was a great set, but anyone who saw the quality of it, you just think that, you know, if, if she never plays better than that, then that's extraordinary in its own right. Indeed. No, it was extraordinary in its own right. And um, Angelique Kerber, as Catherine Whitaker joins us here on the Tennis Podcast, Angelique Kerber, as you said, pretty much did all that she could, played really well. And I, I think that, I don't know whether I'd say that this is going to be a rivalry going forward necessarily, because I think if Serena Williams plays her very best stuff, there is nobody to come close. But Angelique Kerber does go out onto the court. Just, just ready for battle every single time, doesn't she? Yeah, I, th- I think she's um, been re- relatively consistent. She said that she got um, over-anxious during the French Open as a result of all the pressure she was putting on herself to live up to Australia. But if she's now maybe over that hump, she, she understood today that she came off with no regrets. I think it reminded me a bit of that semi-final in the French Open when Stan Wawrinka came into the uh, interview room looking quite happy after having lost to Andy Murray because Andy played such a great match against him. And it was a bit like that today. You know, you, you really couldn't berate yourself for losing after you produced a performance like that. And she looked quite content. And I think that'll be good for her going forward. And yeah, she, she, she will hopefully put up more strong resistance to Serena. Obviously, if Serena gets out of her own way mentally, then she can keep on steamrolling everybody. But there is also the thing about, you know, physical... Um, structural integrity. She was struggling with her knees at the US Open last year, as Patrick Moratoglu told us later. She probably wasn't in the best tip-top condition in Australia. Hadn't played enough matches. So now, it, with the Olympics coming up and then the US Open, very well placed to, to run through the second half of this season. Simon Briggs has got to go off and write huge articles right now. But just before he goes, before he slips through that door, he's trying to get away right now. I want to know who's going to win this final tomorrow and why and how many sets and all that. I said Murray at the beginning of the tournament. Uh, I always say Murray. and I can't really change my mind now that he's playing a first-time finalist. That would be, that would be illogical, wouldn't it? So I'll say Murray in four. Murray and Four, Simon Briggs of The Telegraph. Off he goes. Read all about it in The Telegraph tomorrow and on the website. Catherine Whitaker, been waiting patiently. Uh, Catherine, been touching there with Simon on the sheer the quality of the match, which was high, but ultimately the devastating performance of Serena Williams and, and the demeanour, which was back to, well, vintage Serena, really. And... I, I mean, I, I don't mind who wins these finals. I really like Angelique Kerber, but I think it's been really uplifting to see the way Serena Williams has has dealt with it, with all of this and, and produced her very best again. It has been immensely uplifting. I've, I found the sight of her winning today and holding up the, the 22 on her, her fingers um, quite inspirational, really. I think uh, she's not necessarily the most relatable 
person in some she's walking right past us. I feel I can't keep on uh, I can't keep on talking about her while she's right there. Yeah, she can't, she's she's walking and she's striding. And she's surrounded by bodyguards and uh, her agent Jill Smaller, and she's reading the I don't know maybe she's reading the stats of the match. I don't know maybe she's maybe she's looking through the the history rec- books and having a look at the the Grand Slam title she's won. Well, off she goes around the corner into the press conference, which will be absolutely packed to the rafters because everybody wants to hear all about it. What I was going to say was she's in many ways not the most relatable human being. I mean, she's obviously not somebody that, you know... I, I I'm glad you said that out of a rear shot. I, <laughs> well, I'd have run a mile, I tell you. That, you know, I could see myself going down the pub and having a drink with. But in, in many ways, I think, well, in particularly revealed in that documentary, she is quite a relatable human being. She does feel anxiety and stress as much as the rest of us probably more so given the circumstances probably more so definitely more so but even aside from the circumstances and uh, yeah she is completely human her having lost in these well of course I mean the the, the, the biggest display of her humanity was uh, was in the US Open semi-final last year of course and to, to know everything it takes in more intimate detail, detail now to get her to this point makes it all the more uplifting um and i have a lot of time for angelique kerber as well i think she's fantastic i wouldn't have been disappointed to see her win today but i do think this is the best outcome i think for tennis this is fantastic she deserves to have her name in the history books i think she she's gonna win the 23rd in the u.s open I, i might retract my prediction that she will stop there but i'm sticking with my prediction that she'll win the 23rd at the US Open and she will be the undisputed greatest of all time. No one will be able to argue in that with that and uh, she's, she's just awesome, isn't she? She's just awesome. She is. Well said. Uh, I, I, the other thing that I really enjoyed both in this final and the one at the Australian Open was the sportsmanship at the end by both players uh, in defeat. Both of them were very generous and seemed to be genuinely pleased for the other one obviously amidst I mean Angelique Kerber was in tears at the end in her in her interview with Sue Barker understandably so but I just I just like to see that I mean although I like aggro as you know it's more that kind of boxing aggro where every, I, I'd like to see you know attitude at the start stare downs vicious competition and then respect mutual respect at the end well, then this was the match for you because there couldn't have been a greater contrast between their sort of interaction at the net at the beginning of the match for the coin toss and the photo that they have to take where they have to take that photo where they're standing together at the net. But it was like Serena Williams' upper body was leaning into the photo, but her lower body couldn't have been further away. She was trying to edge out of that shot as much as she could and her eye, there was no eye contact. Her eyes were on the, you know, probably on the, trophy back in the locker room or just outside the locker room at the entrance to the court and then at the end of the match all of that mutual more than respect I mean obviously there's the respect but warmth and uh, when I say friendship I don't necessarily mean friendship in terms of I don't think they go down the pub together either but you know as much friendship perhaps as you can have in those circumstances so yeah if you like a bit of intensity and spice during the match but deep deep warmth and respect after it this was your ideal match David yeah, I'm going to go and get the tape of that one. Uh, do they still do tapes? They don't do tapes anymore. Well, there's lots of action and, and chat down here below because all the journalists are having a little chat in the background, um, led by Barry Flatman, our good colleague. Uh, anyway, uh, oh. Junior 
Oh, there's a junior singles um, press conference about to start. Oh, incidentally, I saw that on court number one. Um, very talented young 15-year-old uh, who I think we're going to hear a lot more about. Yeah, Anastasia Potapova, who uh, had needed seven match points uh, in order to reach victory in the girls' singles. In two of those, she sunk to her knees thinking she'd won it, only for Hawkeye to overrule the call. The exact same line, the service line on the ad court, that poor line judge, I mean, to be fair, didn't, didn't he or she didn't have their best day. Uh, yeah, we, she celebrated victory three times in that match. And there was another fabulous display of sportsmanship because she and her opponent... Stremska and uh, yeah, something like well that. pronounced. Yeah, thanks. Uh, they did a victory lap of the court together. It was yeah, lovely. Nice. It was really nice. Yeah, it was very nice. I saw that too. Um, I also saw Heather Watson victorious and into her first ever Grand Slam final in the mixed doubles alongside Henry Continent, and they came back from four-two down in the first set to win. What I love about the doubles, particularly the mixed doubles, is just everybody plays with a smile on their face. You know, it's, it does remind you that, that it's only a game, doesn't it? Yeah, Heather Watson was beaming throughout, but beaming in particularly after, I think it was actually a double fault handed them, handed them the match there. I but. love it when someone double faults <laughs> on match point against me. My favourite way to win. Happens. It's my only way to win. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's absolutely beaming. It reminded me of, uh, I've only seen her smile that broadly, uh, well, I mean, she is a smiler, to be fair, but the last time I remember her smiling that broadly was when she came into press after her first-round victory in Paris, having confirmed her qualification for the Olympics, and she just... It was like the muscles in her face couldn't not smile. You could, told, you could have told her a dog had died, and, you know, the muscles just wouldn't have... That's not quite true, Catherine. <laughs> you know you, you and your dogs. No, but it looked like it was just reflex, that she was just so deeply happy, and it looked the same, the same today. I mean, it... It's really good for her in terms of, I suppose it's, it's uh, not particularly dignified to look at it in this way. But Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. 
Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. You do, I mean, in terms of her profile and so on in this country, I mean, look what it did for Jamie Murray for, for a short time. Obviously, what he's achieved now in his own right in doubles has eclipsed what he did in that mixed doubles uh, in 2007. But still, it would be quite a big deal for Heather Watson. Oh, it's a big deal, yeah. I think it's a very big deal. It's also, and this isn't another dignified way to look at it either, she's also covered that fine. She, she's what? You no, know, that fine for smashing a racket into the turf, like 12 grand or something. That's covered. She's all right now. Yeah, she's she's doing her very best to make everyone forget about that, isn't she? Not you, though, David. Not you. No, no, you're not getting out of it that easy. No, I actually think she was a bit unlucky with that one, to be quite honest. But there we are. Uh, men's fine. Oh, oh, oh. You can't have it both ways, David. You can't promote the aggro and then, and then give people a hard time and they get a fine. No, that's right. Do away with fines, I say. Anything goes. No holds barred tennis. That's my, you know, like wrestling. Maybe get the chairs out. No, I don't want to hit people with chairs. Um, Catherine, men's singles final tomorrow. What's going to happen? I think Andy Murray's going to win it. I think I quite like uh, Richard Krychek's prediction that he could win the first set quite easily uh, due to Raonic being slightly overawed by the occasion. But then, uh, but then he'll end up in a bit more of a fight. I can't decide between three or four sets. I think if it is three sets, there'll be three decent sets. I don't expect any kind of a whitewash, but I do think it to, it will be very definitely an Andy Murray victory. Much as I respect 1996 Wimbledon champion Richard Krejcik, and to a slightly lesser degree yourself, but I do respect you quite a lot, um, I think the first set of the final is going to be excruciatingly close, personally. I think it is going to be a tie-break. I think it'll be a little bit like Queen's, with both players playing well. It'll be tense. And I think Milos Ranić might win it again. Do you really, really think set. that? The oh, first, the first set. set. Not, not the match. I, I think it'll still be ultimately won by Andy Murray. But I, I think they're going to split the first two sets. Yeah, I, I mean, I could certainly see that as a scenario. The only thing I feel really strongly about is that Andy Murray's going to win it. And I suppose I feel quite strongly that it won't be five sets. But other than that, I definitely see that as a, as a very real scenario that could could play out yeah I'm not I'm not going to disagree with you there it's uh, I mean the look I, on your face is like oh god I've got to agree with you I can't say too much because it's embargoed till tomorrow but uh let's just say someone from live at Wimbledon today had as as painful as an ex- as as painful an experience trying to get blood out of the stone that is Ivan Lendl as I did <laughs> as I did at Queen's he is not giving anything away ahead of that match excellent excellent i should actually say everybody i have just as much respect for Catherine as i do for richard krajic rather more than i have for myself but anyway um in very different ways i'm sure yes absolutely um now so this this final tomorrow if if andy murray wins it it's occurred to me i mean the 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 it's still a massive gap between him and Djokovic. but if he were to win this final i mean there's five thousand points between them you know, he'll have reached three Grand Slam finals in a row. And I just wonder whether... I wonder what, what next. I wonder what he'll do with the Davis Cup. I wonder what he'll do with the Olympics. I wonder what he'll do 
with the US Open because the world number one ranking would suddenly feel not not within its grasp because Djokovic is miles away still but he's playing that level now isn't he he's not he, he's playing almost Djokovic tennis now well you win the number one ranking week in week out don't you if 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 you decide that that's your next big goal you have to be looking to you know going to Toronto maybe not I, he said if I'm fit I'll play Davis Cup now I suppose there is the opt out of perhaps you can classify fatigue as lack of fitness. So perhaps he does have an opt-out there. But the fact is, he said, if I'm fit, I'll play. Uh, I think fatigue is a, is one that would be fair enough myself, um, just because, I mean, it must take so much out of them, the, the, these, the, reaching these finals. And I remember last year, remember that Davis Cup tie in Britain at Queen's? And was it the final day or was it the first day that he was I think it was final day wasn't it when he was just running on empty against Gilles Simon and that was with a couple of extra days in hand if he rocks up in Belgrade for that uh, Davis Cup tie I will be just so brimming with respect and admiration for him Uh, I I mean I, I think everybody would understand and say you know what, Andy, it's okay. You've, you've done your bit. Sit this one out. It's all good. But I remember speaking to him in whatever it was, February of this year, and he, he said it's, it's about the teammates and not letting them down, and, and that's a very powerful thing for him. We've spoken about you know, how fiercely protective he is of those, of those around him. That's what brings the best out of him, that, that instinct. So I think more likely than not, we will see him there. And... But yeah, getting back to the the world number one thing, if he starts, if he decides that's my next goal, then you've got to start thinking. Well, I'm defending champion in Canada. He won it in Montreal last year. Uh, what did he get to? Semi-finals in Cincinnati. Less well at the U.S. Open, but that's a goal in itself. The U.S. Open. You've got to be heading to those tournaments, and you've got to be trying to win them. No ranking points at the Olympics. I don't think. That'll be a factor for him. Are you sure? Do you, do you not think in a way that you just work out your schedule to preserve your body so that when you play the ones that you do play, you can get as far as you possibly can, including, obviously, the slams? Possibly, but the man he's got to catch works out his schedule so that he wins practically every Masters Series event, doesn't he? He's, he's peaking at the slams and at the Masters Series and at everything else he plays. So, yeah, in an ideal world, but... Uh, and maybe he won't decide that that's his next really big goal. But I'm just saying, if he does, it's got to be about trying to win every Master Series event that he enters. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it's um, it's going to be interesting. But first things first, got the Wimbledon final tomorrow, Catherine. I get to commentate on it. I get to sit there courtside, watch it free, and talk about it. How cool is that? Awesome. Who are you going to be commentating with? Uh, oh, well, there's going to be Russell Fuller, my uh, co-commentator for BBC Five Live. We'll be alongside uh, Pat Cash, 1987 champion, and Richard Krychek, 1996 champion. And, um, yeah, it'll all be on BBC Radio Five Live. Coverage will start, I don't even know when, about 1 or 1.30, something like that. There's the British Grand Prix tomorrow, you see. So we've got to share the airwaves a little bit with that and the preamble. But eventually it'll be Andy Murray time up against Milos Raonic at 2 o'clock on the dot I can't wait. Can you? I remember my secondary school uh, used to hold its school fate on Wimbledon finals day every year and always used to be the day of Wimbledon finals, British Grand Prix, and absolutely nobody used to show up, including all of my family. Why would you do that? Who on earth is going to be doing anything besides, well, mostly watching tennis? I suppose a few people can go. L- listening, listening. Listening, listening. That's what I meant.
Interesting. Quite right. Actually, no, uh, watch it. Have your sound down on your telly. Sync up the pictures with the radio, and I'll forgive you. All right? You can do both. Best of both worlds. Um, anyway, Catherine Whittaker, tomorrow it all happens. Wimbledon, the final. What have you said again? Four sets, was it? Four sets for Andy Murray. Yeah, I'll go for four sets for Andy Murray. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. Four sets for Andy Murray. That's what it's going to be, folks. We think. I just want to make one point that I sort of wish I'd made in a previous podcast, which is that the narrative of all of this with Andy Murray, and if he wins, this will be the narrative, uh, which is that you know he didn't have to beat Novak Djokovic. I don't think anybody's suggesting that's a detracting point, but I think he could well have won this one had Djokovic not lost to Sam Querrey in the third round and and there's a small part of me that thinks it's a shame that he's not facing Djokovic in the final. I certainly think he is in the best position that he could possibly be in to take on Djokovic at his best right now. Djokovic, such an immense player, could go either way if they had done, um, but I think Murray's playing the best tennis of his life right now. I agree, and I think that's just what what you know. I don't want this. Maybe maybe this should be in a point to make tomorrow, if and when he wins it. But I don't want this to be the one he won when Djokovic wasn't there, because I think there's every chance. I mean, of course, a big question mark, but and we'll never know. It's a sliding door scenario, but I think there's every chance he could have done it this year with Djokovic here, but we'll never know. We'll never know. Um, just a quick one. I guess who I just ran into. Mario Ancic, who was making his first return to Wimbledon since reaching the semi-finals. I think it was semi-finals here in 08. And um, yeah, and he, he he said he walked through the, the gates and he said I felt really really emotional about it because first couple of years after deciding he would have to retire he 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 didn't want to come back at all it was too tough now he's a, he's a banker um, an investment banker in in New York having uh, gone through the uh, the college system over there as well and and he's he's just always been too busy but my word it was good to see him. isn't he doing a law degree studying law something like that yeah he's just sort of juggling that on the side you know that's Marianne she's, she's a highly intelligent guy one of these overachievers sent to the planet to make us all feel bad about ourselves great yeah he's one of those um, and also I, I, I got a chance to have a chat with um, Carlos Moyer a little earlier for, for, for BBC TV and Five Live um, and I was asking him what is it like sitting next to John McEnroe watching a tennis match because obviously we get to see it through the eyes of McEnroe in the commentary box I said you know what, what's he like and, and he said he's he's very intense and he makes he talks a lot but he's really uplifting uh, I, I think what we're getting from this and seeing Milos Raonic yesterday as well I think it reinforced the point that that McEnroe is just a feel-good factor to have around I mean as aside from as Carlos said he perhaps is the greatest servant volleyer of all time you know what an asset to have on the team but he's also just good for the Atmos well we felt that at Champions Tour events haven't we David you, you show up and maybe McEnroe gets into town fashionably late you know one day after everyone else and there is a, a palpable feeling of lift when he arrives at one of these events and completely brings it to life I can imagine him having that effect on Team Raonic as it should be called incidentally did Carlos Moyer confirm that McEnroe is still on that team because I've just watched Andy Murray's pre-final press conference where he was asked about the Lendl McEnroe factor and he said well I heard they'd stop working together last Sunday that was his response so I mean nobody seems to know I know that's what Tim Henman had heard as well and he sparked the rumours that they'd split I mean 
it, I, I just think that they they had a contract that was to run, I think, until the eve of this tournament. But the truth is, John McEnroe clearly still is quite happy to be part of the team, and he's absolutely loving every minute of it. So he's out on the practice court every five minutes with him. He's in the uh, player box every, any chance he can get. I think we can call him part of the team. Will he be in the player box tomorrow? Big question. Well, no, because I think he commentates for ESPN television i believe but i have heard that they have a rule in finals that coaches can't call their players matches not confirmed but i've heard that oh rumors abound i don't know i have no idea but anyway we will find out tomorrow won't we whether johnny mack's part of the coaching team sorry i should point out obviously he's been calling milos's matches throughout for espn and for bbc they have a rule in finals just espn apparently 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 unconfirmed, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do tomorrow to stand that up or not. Anyway, Catherine, we are the tennis podcast, aren't we? Well, I think it's bedtime, isn't it? Is it bedtime? It's only about six in the afternoon. I'm, I'm tired. Anyway, uh, the sun will go down soon. One more sleep, folks. One more sleep. It's the Wimbledon men's singles final. Is anything like the women's? It's pretty good. We'll speak to you soon. 